morning. Welcome to Sterling College and our Heritage Convocation. You may be seated. My name is Dean Jaderston. It's my pleasure to serve as chaplain this year and to welcome you today. It's homecoming week. It's homecoming week. There we go. Yes. Yes, there's a, a lot going on. We had an incredible musical last night that repeats tonight. We have soccer games today. We've got cross country tomorrow. We got volleyball tomorrow. And we got, uh, I think, a pretty important football game tomorrow. Yes, and a parade and all kinds of great things as we celebrate this, this fun week. Uh, today's convo is a little different. It's a time where we celebrate our heritage, where we came from, who's been here, and, and maybe most importantly, who's gone before. One of the things we, we believe is, is so important in life is to always know who went before us to allow us to experience what we do today. And so today, we're gonna to celebrate that heritage. We're gonna present some alumni awards to some very distinguished graduates of the college. And students, those of you who are here, you get a convo credit. So. Everybody wins when we're all, we're all done. I'd like to just welcome a few groups. First of all, alumni, thank you for returning. Uh, yes, please. It's great to have you. I've already met some new people and, and heard a few stories, and that's, that's the best part of this weekend. To our uh, Sterling College Board of Trustees, if you are here, would you please stand for a moment so we can recognize and thank you. This group works tirelessly to support the college, both with their time, their energy, their resources, and we appreciate it. Uh, would you bow your heads and, and pray with me as we kick off our convocation? Lord God, we come before you in this small town in the middle of Kansas, a place where so many lives have been changed and transformed, where so many minds have been sharpened, where so many relationships and friendships have been built. And God, you have ordained all of that and you have overseen all of that and so we are thankful. We thank, we thank you for the heritage of this place that when you, when you placed this vision and thought in people's minds, that at the very beginning this concept of servant leadership and giving of oneself, for 130 years this idea that faith and leadership and sacrifice and excellence and truth and wisdom can all come together in a place that when young men and women come here and leave, they have been changed. They have met you. They have been inspired. Their minds have been awakened. And Lord, there are so many who have gone out as a result. Um, and again, your hand has been over that all. Thank you for our current students, those that uh, are here now, those who are starting that process, and thank you for those who have gone before. We pray for this weekend. We pray that it would be a weekend of joy and celebration, uh, a weekend of renewing relationships, a weekend of, of uh, celebrating all the new things that you are doing here at Sterling College and remembering your faithfulness for the last 130 years. And so we ask not for your presence because we know that you're here, but we ask for an awareness of your presence, that we would hear and sense you breathe in our midst this weekend. 
pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's also my privilege to introduce our MCs this morning. And uh, we have quite a dynamic duo um, at our, that are here. First of all, some of you know them already. That's good. Um, Arden Brooks is a junior from Lyons, Kansas. And it's kind of fun to have her here because uh, I met her when she walked in the very first day of her student orientation. Her heritage with the college runs deep. Both her parents actually graduated from Sterling High School. Her mother was a Sterling College grad as well. Uh, one grandfather, uh, Reuben Brooks, served the college as vice president and academic dean. And her other grandfather, uh, Gordon Zard, I'm sorry, Zarodnik. I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and then I double clutched right at the last second. Um, was a longtime professor of art here at Sterling and her grandmother, Ray Zarodnik, also taught art here part time. Then last night, some strange guy walked into our basketball practice, and I had no idea who he was. He, uh, he came and sat at the side, and, and I thought, well, okay, just some alumni who's here and doesn't have anything better to do tonight. Um, I found out that this guy is Mike Oates. Uh, Mike graduated from Sterling in 1984, where he played on the basketball team and was also involved in theater. Uh, his career journey has included radio industry, college professor, basketball coach, and now real estate sales and investments, and he currently lives in Long Beach, California. Would you please welcome them to the stage, Mike and Arden, the stage is yours. Good morning, Arden. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Are you nervous? No. I'm with my peeps. I'm good to go. Yeah, uh, this is whole thing's kind of making me feel a little bit old. You're not uh, old. Uh, Wait, did you go to college with my mother? Well, actually, when I got here, your mother was still in high school. So, yeah. yeah, okay, you're old. Sorry, Mom. You know, you remind me a lot of your mother. I get that a lot. Yeah, I didn't like her very much either. It's going to go really well. This is going to be great. But you're cute. You're oh, cute. shucks. So, um, anyway, let's get on with the show because we're already running late, and I don't want to be the one that ends up having to cancel the 11 o'clock classes. I'll do it. Classes. I'll do it. I'll can uh, no, I can't do it. Okay, never mind. Do I have any power uh, to do uh, Never mind. Um, so this is a great weekend for all of us here. Uh, this morning and this weekend, we are recognizing some special alumni uh, our theater program is inducting their Hall of Fame uh, with a special presentation before the show tomorrow night. We're also inducting uh, another class for our Athletic Hall of Fame, and they will host a reception tomorrow at 11 a.m. at Studio 96, and they will also be recognized at halftime of the football game. Uh, well, don't say anything. It's small font. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really, it's small. Go ahead. Before, before we present our three awards for 2018, we want to announce an expansion of the alumni awards conferred by Sterling College. Yes, next year we will be handing out even more hardware. Uh, starting at homecoming 2019, the college will add six Marketplace Excellent Awards based on accomplishment in the workplace. We will also add the Spirit of Sterling Award, which Arden will now tell you about. 
The Spirit of Sterling Award will be presented each year to a Sterling graduate who exemplifies the heart of Sterling College's mission. This designation honors a servant leader of distinction who embraces Sterling's mission and serves God in their career, community, and relationships. Now, for a glimpse at the Marketplace Awards, direct your attention to the screen we have behind us. That looks awesome. Uh, hopefully, President Rich, you're out there. I, I'd like to come back and be maybe a permanent host for this. No? Oh, oh I was not expecting hey, the yes. I wasn't either, but hey. <laughs> well, see, kids, you never know. you got to ask sometimes. All right, we're now going to hear from the Highland Singers.
was beautiful. Good job, you guys. Okay. In the printed program this morning, you will see listed the names and graduation years of alumni who have received the Young Alumni Award since it was first presented in 1975. 56 alumni with their own unique story. The Young Alumni Award is presented to graduates or former students of 15 years ago or less who have demonstrated excellence in career, service to others, and loyalty to Sterling College. The 2018 Young Alumni Award recipient is Jonathan Federwish, class of 2005. Come on up, Jonathan. Jonathan and his wife, Joanna, live in Apple Valley, California, with their twin children, Jocelyn and Josiah. He is a school teacher in the Victor Valley Union High School District and also has coached football. He and his wife are strong supporters of mission trips in their home church and at Sterling College. Jonathan and Joanna have helped lead multiple trips to Mexico with their youth group, helping build or rebuild churches and homes, hosting vacation Bible schools through the local church and street ministry. These trips have a profound impact on them both. Jonathan and Joanna have also financially supported the Sterling College mission trips for 10 years, partnering with over 150 students and 40-plus international trips. Jonathan played football at Sterling College. Yeah, yeah, woo. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Let's not play as fast as that. John also played football at SC after transferring from a junior college in California. He was involved with intramurials and went on two mission trips, Ethiopia in 2004 and South Korea in 2005. Congratulations, Jonathan. Sterling College is proud of you. So, yeah, Luke told me last night, I guess, that I was talking. So um, I'm very humbled to receive this award, so thank you. Um, I came to Sterling um, to play football. That was why I came um, and hopefully get a degree at the same time. But um, I was talking with Luke this week, and <clears throat> one thing um, we both said is, is we wish we would have been more involved when we were here. And so I would just like to say to you guys, um, especially athletes, get involved, do something, um, do you get outside your bubble and, and be a servant leader that, that Sterling is teaching you to be. So, um, yeah, sorry. I'm not great with speeches, but um, I, I, like I said, just, just go out and change the world. So. <laughs> Also initiated in 1975, the Sterling College Alumni Award is presented to an alumni who graduated 15 years ago or more who has demonstrated sustained excellence in career, service to others, and loyalty to Sterling College. The Alumni Award has been bestowed on 82 recipients, oftentimes a husband and a wife alumni couple, which is the case this year. The 2018 recipients of the Sterling College Alumni Award are Phil and Lila Brownlee. Come on up. Phil couldn't be with us this morning, but he will be on campus tomorrow. Thank you, I'm sorry. Coordination's not necessarily my thing. Um, 
Phil earned a degree in accounting and business administration from Sterling College in 1985. He was involved in many campus activities, including tennis and the student newspaper. He was also given government president, athletic club president, and editor of the yearbook. Phil began his career as a certified public accountant at a large certified accounting firm in Dallas. He then worked five years at Sterling College as a public information director and head coach of the men's and women's tennis teams. Phil departed Sterling to pursue his master's degree in journalism at the University of Kansas. He then worked 21 years at the Wichita Eagle newspaper, including 16 years as the editor of the editorial page. He received several journalism and community awards and also appeared on public affairs television shows. In 2017, Phil was named the executive director of the Medical Society of Sedgwick County, the largest county medical society in Kansas. In addition to directing the operations of the Medical Society, he oversees four companies affiliated with Medical Society and serves on several boards of directors. Layla, Lila Brownlee also graduated from Sterling College in 1985, receiving a degree in English and secondary education. As a student, Lila worked on college newspaper, was McCreary Hall president, and was active in choir and campus life. During the years Phil and Lila lived in Dallas, she taught English in an urban middle school. After their move back to Kansas, she worked at Sterling College as office manager for the advancement department before returning to teaching at Sterling High School. Lila then spent 10 years working for a regional school service center, helping support and train staff on software and helping administer a large multi-state grant to support education for migrant youth. It was this experience with migrant education that gave her a passion for students from other countries. She obtained her master's degree in English for speakers of other languages from Newman University. During the past eight years the Wichita Public Schools, in the Wichita Public Schools, she has taught students from 40 countries. During the past three years, the majority of her students were African refugees, and she considers this experience the highlight of her career. She now volunteers her time to assist families in the refugee community in Wichita as they work to get established in a new country. Phil and Lila have two children, Louis, age 22, and Elena, age 21. As they look back on their years at Sterling, Phil and Lila believe that one of Sterling College's greatest advantages is the opportunities students have become have to become involved in activities and leadership roles that would be out of reach at a large university. These involvements, as well as the faith development that Sterling fostered, had a strong impact on them as they moved into their careers and became involved in their local church and in the communities in which they lived. Congratulations, Lila. Ladies and gentlemen, our 2018 Alumni Award recipient, Phil and Lila Rowley. <laughs> Thank you. Phil and I are very grateful for this honor, and we recognize that there are very many other deserving alumni. Um, we're grateful for the opportunities Sterling gave us and for the dedicated staff and faculty here who um, really work hard to find a way to um, help students as they move forward in the next step in their lives. And just on a personal note, not only did I make a lot of lifelong friends here and get a good education, but I also found Philip Brownlee here and have been part of this amazing Brownlee family that's uh, been a part of Sterling for decades. So shout out to the Brownleys, especially to Carol Jean, whom we still miss very much. So we thank you very much. So Mike, I've heard a lot of stories about you and I'm just wondering if there's anything you could share. 
like anything you should share, like anything, uh, you know, I don't know how to say this. But they asked me to share my story here today, and they said I could have 10 minutes, and I said, good, I've got about 10 good minutes that I could tell. The okay. rest I probably couldn't. That's, yeah, that's what I was trying yeah. to allude to. Yeah. Go ahead, and uh, please, enlighten us as to your sterling story. Thank you, and stay close by, I might, uh, I might need you here. All right. This is kind of an emotional day for me to be asked to be here. <clears throat> I graduated from Sterling College in 1984 with a degree in speech and theater. Uh, and I also have a master's degree in speech communication. Uh, for the past 30 years, I have taught communication classes at Los Angeles Harbor College. One of my former students is actually now attending Sterling, uh, Sterling College right now. Olivia, are you out there somewhere? Where you at? Yeah! See? Young people dig me. Uh, I also have a broker's license and have been selling real estate uh, for the past 17 years. I was recruited uh, to Sterling to play basketball. And just like our Young Alumni Award winner, I thought maybe if I can get a degree out of it too, that would be awesome. Uh, I was the youngest of four children and the only one to attend college. Neither of my parents even had a high school diploma. When I arrived here at Sterling in 1981 as a junior college transfer, I met with Diane Kling on the first day. Diane was the head of the theater department, and like many faculty, she also served as a counselor for uh, class scheduling. And I see, I see you're sitting out there. Can you stand up just for a second? Come on, come on. Yeah. Still as beautiful today as she was in 1981. Sorry, Gordon. but. Always had a little crush on her. Um, <laughs> I walked in, I saw her, I thought, wow, this is, this is going to be good here, I think. And she, uh, I thought, I'm going to try to impress her. And she said, uh, so what do you plan on declaring for your major? And I said, what do you got? <laughs> well, she was not amused or impressed. And with an annoyed look on her face, she asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I tried to recover. Uh, I told her, I said, well, I thought it would be fun to be a, a newscaster on television or a radio DJ, something where you're just sitting down talking. That sounded pretty cool. Um, she said, well, we don't have that here at Sterling. And she was sitting there looking over my uh, transcripts from the junior college that I came from. She saw that I had earned A's in the three different speech classes that I had taken. So she suggested that maybe I should consider that for a major. Uh, then she also told me that at Sterling it was a dual major combined with theater. So I'm sitting there thinking about it and I figured that if I majored in this, I'd get to see more of her. So I said, sign me up. <laughs> it's funny how life works out uh, sometimes. So before you knew it, I was running around on this stage wearing tights, <laughs> singing and dancing in musicals, and catching a lot of grief from my teammates and other athletes on campus. People often ask me uh, how I ended up here in Sterling and if I liked it. The first question is a good story, but it takes a while to tell. The answer to the second question is much shorter. I loved it here. The opening sentences to A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens is one of the most well-known openings in literature. It was written in 1859, and no, I wasn't alive then, Arden. Uh, Dickens' famous lines could very well be describing my time here at Sterling College in the early 1980s. It opens like this. 
It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope and the winter of despair. These words encompass my entire experience here at Sterling. <clears throat> the best of times, the wisdom, the belief, the light, the hope can all be attributed to the people that I encountered here at the college as well as in the community itself. I learned from and received love and wisdom from so many people here and it was life-changing for me. The worst of times, the foolishness, the disbelief, the darkness and the despair, that could all be attributed to me and the troubles that I was dealing with. I was always a really private person and the only regret that I have about my time here is that I wasn't uh, more open to sharing my troubles with the people here. I kept my problems bottled up inside, which is not a healthy thing to do. I came from a poor, uneducated family, <clears throat> but no one, no one really knew that. I should have graduated in 1983, but I dropped my class schedule to a, a, the minimum so that I could work and send money home to help my parents who were struggling at the time. But of course it wasn't enough and eventually they had to move in with my sister and her family. The despair that I felt from this led to the foolish and sometimes angry behavior. One thing you guys need to know is that people here want to help you. <clears throat> they want to see you succeed uh, and I should have reached out more often for that help. The winner of despair was spending Christmas break here in Kilburn Hall for 10 days, hiding out. I had no money to go home and no home to go to. I was proud and I didn't want anyone to know my situation. I had to run sprints and do push-ups in the long hallways just to get warm at night uh, because the heat was off in the building. And I had seven dollars to last me 10 days. I ended up with a slight case of malnutrition. When school ended in May, <clears throat> I hitched a ride home to California with another student. Uh, but I had nowhere to go once I got there. No degree, no home, no car, no money, no hope. For a month, I slept on the floor of, friends, of a friend's apartment and was eating roughly one meal every few days. During this time, my friend lost his job and was going to have to move back in with his parents. Just days before I was about to become completely homeless, I received a call from a Sterling alumnus named Josephine Stevenson, whom I had done odd jobs for to earn some money that previous year. I had given her the number to my sister's house because she wanted to keep track of me when I went back to California. Josephine had assumed that I had graduated that year since I was a senior. When she found out from someone at the college that I had not graduated, she reached out to see if I was planning to come back in the fall. And for the first time, I truly opened up to someone about my situation. She told me that she would pay all of my school fees if I would return and finish my degree. I don't think it's an overstatement to say that Josephine Stevenson saved my life. <clears throat> I'm liking you better. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's her mom. You don't know. 
Um, she sent me money to return to Sterling and even lined up a job working for me the rest of the summer for the maintenance department, which your grandfather was actually my boss. He didn't like me. Um, <laughs> that May, at graduation, we held it in the gym because of thunderstorms. And as each of my fellow classmates' names were being called, their families and friends would clap and cheer wildly, and when the noise was just echoing throughout the gym, and it gave me goosebumps to witness the love and the support that they all had. But then I realized that when they called my name, that wasn't going to happen for me. The only person I had there that day was Josephine, who was 74 years old and very dignified. And would, she would politely clap, but there would be no yelling and screaming. As I approached the stage and was next to be called, I thought to myself, man, this is going to be an awkward, uncomfortable silence when they call my name. And then my name was called, and all of the faculty sitting on the stage that day began clapping and shouting. I cannot begin to tell you how touched I was by that. <clears throat> Thank you. They knew that I had no one there besides Josephine, and they made sure that I got cheers like everyone else was getting. They were probably just happy to see me go, really. <laughs> now, that I, now, that, now that I'm standing here almost crying thinking about it, uh, none of them probably even recalled doing that that day, but I will never forget that they did. One more time. Here we go. Afterwards, a grandfather of one of my classmates came up and shook my hand and said, you must be pretty special. You're the only one that the faculty cheered for. <laughs> but I wasn't the special one. They were. <clears throat> and they made that day special for me. Okay. Getting close. Okay. Sterling College and the people of Sterling, Kansas have been a source <clears throat> of light in my life. So it seems fitting to close with a poem titled, Light on Me, which was actually written by a Sterling College graduate. It has a prelude from the Gospel of John, the King James Version, John 1, verse 5. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. I love this time of night. The sun is set, but the sky is still light. It reminds me of my times with you. Just as the sun is powerful enough to light the sky, even while I can't see it, that's how you are in my life. Although I can't see you, your love still shines a light on me, and even on the darkest nights, I know I'm not alone. I wrote that poem in Campbell Hall, October 10th, 1981. It was a poem to God, but it could also be a poem about this place, which has been a bright light in my life. Thank you. <laughs> Ah, okay. You're good. Thank you. Thank you. Don't make please don't make this harder. <laughs> um wow. Now I get to do what I'm really honored to be here to do. This is the grand finale right here. This is time to honor the winner of the Distinguished Service Award. Oh, where are those things again? 
The Distinguished Service Award was established in 1975. This is the highest alumni award presented by Sterling College. The DSA recognizes and honors a lifetime of service that has exemplified the purposes for which Sterling College exists. Exceptional contributions to society, distinguished professional accomplishment, outstanding leadership, and character. Nominations are submitted by peers and fellow alumni. They're reviewed and selected by the Sterling College Alumni Council and then submitted to the Executive Committee of the Board of Trustees for final approval. And we have a very distinguished gentleman here with us this morning to receive this award. Paul M. Buchanan is a native of Sterling. He attended a one-room country school before transferring to Sterling grade school in the eighth grade. While in junior high, he started working as a printer's apprentice uh, at the Sterling Bulletin, and he worked at various jobs at the newspaper throughout his time at Sterling College. He graduated from Sterling High School in 1949 and from Sterling College in 1953, where he studied history. While a student during the summers, he Paul worked at, a, at Glacier National Park and Yellowstone National Park. After graduating from Sterling, Paul joined the U.S. Army and served as a sergeant in the Counterintelligence Corp from 1953 to 1955. He attended the University of Kansas Law School from September 55 to June of 58, graduating with distinction. Paul has had an outstanding law career in Kansas. He began his career first by serving as a research attorney for the Kansas Supreme Court. Then he practiced law in Topeka and Wichita, followed by serving as Sedgwick County Assistant Counselor before starting his career as a judge. Paul's progression as a judge reads as follows. District Judge of Sedgwick Court, 1983 to 19 or to 2003, Presiding Judge of the, the Domestic Department, 83 to 84, Presiding Judge of the Criminal Department, 1986 to 1987, Discovery Judge of the Civil Department, 1982 to 1984, Presiding Judge, Civil Department, 1995 to 1996, and Chief Judge, 1996 to 2003, where he supervised 300 court employees. Paul served as a member of the Sterling College Alumni Council in the 1970s. In 1988, when the college celebrated its 100th anniversary, Paul was honored as one of the Sterling College 100 leading distinguished graduates of Sterling College. Paul has been a longtime faithful supporter of Sterling College, including the current Sterling Now Capital Campaign. Paul is also an author, having published John Brown's Colt Revolvers in Man at Arms in December of 2001. Paul retired in 2003, and he now lives in Wichita with his wife, Phyllis, who also attended Sterling College. Uh, Paul, did, did I hear correctly last night at the dinner that Phyllis was a homecoming queen candidate? Yeah. <laughs> so he's got that going for him, too. Well, well done, Paul. Um, Thank you for being such a shining example for so many of us of a life well lived. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Honorable Paul Buchanan, the 2018 recipient of the Sterling College Distinguished Service Award.
bright lights were taken out of criminal justice many years ago, but they remain here, I see. <laughs> I prepared this speech, this talk, making certain assumptions, but anyway, it starts out, President Rich, members of the Board of Trustees, faculty and staff, members of the student body, alumni and former students, friends of Sterling. Thank you for the 19 or 2018 Sterling College Distinguished Service Award. I'm pleased to receive this award. I entered Sterling College in February 1949 and graduated in January 1953. The college was small in those days. There were still the effects of the Great Depression, the droughts, and the Dust Bowl years of the 30s, World War II, and who knows what else affected each individual. We had many students attending under the World War II GI Bill of Rights. Low-cast membership was due to low birth rates during the Depression years and lack of a desire for higher education, which included people who had no desire even for high school. At one time, the full-time student body was under 200. At times, we wondered whether there was a long-time future for Sterling College, and now we talk about a two. $24 million building fund. Kelsey Hall was built in 1953 for something like $200,000. So much for inflation. <laughs> my father died when I was 10, which required me to work my way through college. One semester I had no money and had to earn school costs during the semester. I want to challenge you not to forget your Christianity, but in addition to challenge you to keep extending yourselves and not give up. My criticism of Sterling, as I look back on my days here, many faculty and students were developing an attitude of being satisfied with a job in a small school or a small church. I had no dream of acquiring the position which I have held. It was not easy. There were many disappointments and slow movements, but I persevered. The Korean War started in June of 1980. The draft hovered over me the remainder of college. We of draft age had to stay in school or be drafted. There was no chance to take a year or a semester off to gain a little extra money or recoup. The draft was always waiting for you. I was drafted in June 1953, which was a starting over. The Army does not give you a leg up because you have a college degree. You start at the bottom, but I was fortunate enough to qualify for the Counterintelligence Corps of the U.S. Army and finish my time as a counterintelligence investigator. There was no future in the Army. The war was over. Promotions were becoming non-existence. Sure, you could retire in 20 years at half pay. After the Army, I started over again by enrolling in the University of Kansas Law School. It was a three-year course, and in due time, I graduated with the degree of Juris Doctor, in English, Doctor of Law. Finally, I succeeded academically. I graduated with honors. I started over again several times in the next 25 years, a law clerk in two courts and two law firms, and a four-year period as a solo practitioner. Each change was a start over. In 1982, I ran for district judge against an incumbent 
and was in, elected by a 1,200 vote majority. It was for a four-year term and I was reelected four times. This was a start over, but I was ready for it. I expected to spend my time trying cases, but it was not to be. I spent more than half of my judicial career in judicial administration. I spent six and a half years as chief judge of the 18th Judicial District with its 300 employees, previously serving as discovery judge in the civil department, presiding judge of the family law department, presiding judge of the criminal department, and presiding judge of the civil department. My largest case, as far as money was concerned, was a $17 million loss in an attempted hedge fund. I was subject to re mandatory retirement. I, I could not start a new term after I reached seventy years. I called it statutory uh, senility. I was retired. <laughs> Since that time, I've done retirement judge work, transported blood for the throughout Kansas and Oklahoma for the American Red Cross, traveling over two hundred thousand miles. I've been a member of the Board of Trustees of the Kansas Historical Foundation for over 25 years and served in the executive board for nine years and one year as president. I've served several terms on the board of the Wichita Sedgwick County Historical Society. It has not all been a disappointment. My wife and I have enjoyed foreign travel to the British Isles, Kenya, Egypt, Israel, China, France and Italy, Alaska, Hawaii, and Greece, in addition to many of the states, including a boat trip up and down the Colombian Snake Rivers from Portland, Oregon. The Israel and Greece trips were studies of the life of Jesus and the life of Christ. My challenge to you is to keep working hard, maintain your ambition, be curious, be curious and keep working. And now may the grace of God who brought from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the everlasting covenant, commit, equip you and everything good thing that you may do well, working in us that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. notes four words and only four words and I get to expound on those four words for four minutes so it's very exciting for me right now um, I've been teasing Mike about being old but I have to tell you I have never been made to feel as old as I am or rather feel so old as I have coming to this campus because I don't know, I don't know what you know about me, who, who some of you know. I'm what they call a non-traditional, some of you know. Um, I'm a non-traditional, which means starting my freshman year, I did not come at the traditional 17 or 18 years of age. I was 25 when I came in. So I, I know, right? I have horrified a number of freshmen with the concept that I might not graduate until I'm 30. But here's the deal. 
When I got out of high school, I went and I did a variety of different things. I trained service dogs. I was a caretaker for special needs. I worked with special needs in the public school system. I was a receptionist, which I had always dreamed of doing, so check that off, you know, the list. I gotta have higher goals now. And, and then finally, God truly showed me what I think I'm supposed to do with my life. And I got to come here. But my life doesn't look normal. Of course, I think normal is stupid, for the record. Um, it's a figment of our imaginations, and it's just whatever. But it doesn't. And that's okay. Because all these things that have happened to me in my life, and all these events, and all of these experiences that I have lived, have added to the person that I have become. Now, throughout that experience, there are things I wish would not have happened. Hard things have happened. Sad things have happened. But every single one of those events has helped to create the person that I have become and am becoming. So this is what I have to tell you. If you use what happens in life and happens, if you use, how do I say this? God can take cruddy stuff and make the most beautiful, write the most beautiful story. We're here, I believe, to be a blessing to our fellow humans and to our creator. And, and regardless of what happens, if we can pull it all at the, together at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It was all worth it. It was all worth it. So this is my challenge to you. You need to go out and write your story. You need to take what you've got when you're, sitting in, when you're sitting in history class and you're thinking, how on earth does this apply to a business degree? And instead of going with that kind of an attitude, you need to think about how is this going to build in to my story, to my life, and give me what I need to go out and change the world. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, what you have the opportunity to do right here in this place. This is a special place. It is a beautiful place. We have seen how it has affected people's lives, and I am so excited that I get to be affected by it as well. So, take what you got. Don't waste any day. And God is going to write the most beautiful, epic, engaging page-turner of a story for you. That's all I got.